Greetings, everyone, and a warm welcome to another edition of Marketing the Invisible. I'm Tom Poland, beaming out to you from Little Castaways Beach in Queensland, Australia. Joined today by Mike McCullivitz. Mike, g'day, very warm welcome, sir. Where are you hanging out? Good day. It's a pleasure to be with you. I am in New Jersey, right outside New York City. Okay, Eastern. So you've just gone 5 p.m. over there, just gone 7 a.m. here tomorrow. Last night was great, by the way, Mike. You're going to love it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For those of you who have been hiding in a cave and haven't heard of Mike, he's an author, speaker, he's an all-around advocate for small business owners and the entrepreneurial adventure. He has one of the most interesting websites you will ever, ever go to, which is because it's different and we're going to get to that. But Mike's a guy who walks the talk. He's all about being different. And that is the title of our little interview today, How to Get Different. Mike can share with you how to do that in just seven minutes. Mike, our time starts now, sir. Question number one is, who's your ideal client? So my ideal client is small business owners. I call them micro enterprises. These are companies that do less than a million dollars U.S. in revenue and are in an underdog position, meaning they don't have the experience or the background or the network for their business. And they, they're in the fight to grow a business. Right. That's my people. Right. Perfect. Under a million, small, micro, U.S. You go outside the New York? Yeah, I have an office in Brisbane. So we have uh, locations throughout the globe. We have four offices. We have one in Melbourne. We have one in the Netherlands and another one in Germany. We just opened up in uh, Munich. Wonderful. So working well, global reach. Tell us about the problem you solved, Mike. We've got six minutes left. Yeah, so the problem is that Small business owners feel abandoned and they're doing the work. It's a feeling of overwhelm. Right. It's a feeling of struggle. And there's, a, there's an identity crisis. They went into business to fulfill a dream of financial freedom or personal freedom. And that's the two things that aren't being fulfilled. They're stuck mm. in the struggle. And it feels, for my readers, like there's no way out. Right. Right. And so it's so kind of like on the hamster wheel, just running harder, running faster. Yeah. Right? It is wor- yeah, that yeah. The only way to grow is by working harder and longer. Right. And it's absolutely not the way to grow, but that's the compulsion they have. Right. That's probably all they know. So tell us then about the symptoms. Question three, five and a half minutes left. So can you describe a bit more what's going on in this person's life or their business that kind of gives them a heads up that they should find out more about how you do it? Yeah. So if it's uh, you know Groundhog Day after that famous movie, right. um, every day is a repeat of the prior day. Uh. If you feel like I'm working harder and longer, yet nothing's working, you are an ideal candidate to read one of my books. I find that the solutions are radically simple and often unexpected, but just working more to grow your business is not the solution. If you feel you're in that trap, definitely I can serve you. Radically different, but surprisingly simple. I love the combination of that. So tell us more. So working harder, working longer, probably there's probably cracks in their their health and their relationships, even because they're just pouring blood, sweat and tears into the business, but they need to, they they clearly feel, feel that there has to be a better way. They're going to try stuff. They're entrepreneurial. They're growth orientated. They're going to try stuff. They're going to make some mistakes. So question four is in four and a half minutes left. What are some of the common mistakes that you see people making out there before they find your solution? The common mistake is to think that because I did it, I'm the best to do it. Because I had to do my accounting, I'm the best accounting from, accountant for my business. <laughs> because I was doing the service, I'm the best to provide service. That is a fatal flaw. It's the can-do syndrome. Because I've done it, I can do it. Right. You shouldn't do it. Yes. So we need to change that identity. Sadly, the, the term entrepreneur and business owner have become bastardized to hustle and grind. Meaning if you're going to be successful, you got to work harder and longer. And, and we're absorbing that. Yep. So don't fall victim to believing that you're the best suited to do it. I would argue the number one job of an entrepreneur 
is to provide jobs, not to do jobs. Oh, beautiful. The number one function of an entrepreneur is to provide jobs, not do jobs. Uh, that would make the world a better place, including the life of the entrepreneur. Mm. Let's go to question five, Mike. Question, three and a half minutes left. One valuable free action. It's kind of like a top tip, a step in the right direction. It's not going to solve the whole problem, but it might get folks started. Yeah, I'll give you something that I think can cause a radical shift, and it's one word. Call yourself a shareholder. That's the word, shareholder of a small business. We call ourselves entrepreneurs and business owners. Like I said, there's a perception that means you have to do the work yourself. But a shareholder of a business doesn't do the work. They collect profit and they render opinion. I own stock in a large company. I'm a shareholder. I give strategic direction through votes and I share in the profit. We are all shareholders of our own small business. Maybe we even own 100% of the shares. Therefore, our responsibility is to render opinion and collect profits. Our others to do the work, that's the provider of jobs, but act as a shareholder. That right. term, that identity will be significant in the shift of your vantage point. Well, it could be massive because I know that what, where we look is where we go. So if we're looking, right. yeah. And so, funnily enough, the body and the mind seem to follow the vision. So, so Every single that, time. And it's awkward. I, I call myself a shareholder of small business and people look at me like a deer in headlights, like what's right. going on? Right. But I have to explain it and re-justify it to myself and act consistently with it. And that further imprints in, in it into your own mind that this is your reality. That's correct. It's beautiful. All right. Thank you, sir. Two minutes left. Question six, a valuable free resource. Where could we direct people go to find out more about what you do and get more ideas from you? I think you'll find great resources there. It selfishly serves me too. I invite people to go to mikemotorbike.com. There's a lesson here too. Yes, My please. name is Mike uh, No one can spell that name. I actually found out I was pronouncing it wrong from someone from Poland, but <laughs> Mike Motorbike is a mnemonic technique. It's simple and easy to remember. And at my website, of course, I have free resources. But I think you, what you'll find that's unique is all my books, the impact chapters are available for free download. So not the fluffy stuff, but the stuff that will change your business. You can get any of that stuff for free and see if it serves you. Very clever. And mikemotorbike.com. And yeah. this is a classic example of how to turn what some people might perceive to be a negative, people don't know how to spell your surname, into a positive, like finger-licking good chicken, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> All that it's fat a, a stuff on your fingers. All right. Yeah, mnemonic. Yeah. yeah. A mnemonic technique when there's a rhyme, but also it humanizes, you know, as an author, as yourself, right. as a podcaster, when you're seen as an expert, there's actually a little bit of resistance because it's an authoritative position. So true. By, by demoting our name, by making it more acceptable and also to make fun of ourselves, we humanize ourselves. And I think that's absolutely critical because we all, at the end of the day, are just humans. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh, going to the toilet in the morning, hopefully, and putting trousers <laughs> yeah. on one leg at a time and so on. Thank you, sir, for that humanity, touch of humanity. 40 seconds left. Question seven. What's the one question I should have asked you but didn't? What do clients want from us most? And what do they want from you most? This is shocking. They want you to be profitable and wildly profitable. Now, Here's the caveat. They will never say that. You'll never have a client say, hey, can you charge me more next time? Can you rip me off? <laughs> but what clients will say is, I want the best of you. I want your undivided attention. I want you caring for me. And the only way to serve them as the number one customer is if they are that. So don't spend your time focusing on someone else. Be profitable so you can be fully attentive. Mike Makulvich, thank you so much for your time. It's been a joy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for checking out our Marketing the Invisible podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. It's very much appreciated. And if you want to generate five fresh leads in just five hours, then check out www.5hourchallenge.com.